This is the Horse Radio Network. Welcome to the Horse Nutrition Podcast presented by Purina. From our research farm to your barn, Purina's team of PhD equine nutritionists take you on a journey through all stages of your horse's life, from foals to seniors and everything in between. You'll come away with advice and knowledge on how to best feed your equine companion to unlock their greatest potential. I'm Dr. Wendy Ying, a practicing veterinarian in Sarasota, Florida. And I'm Mike Jurina, manager of Purina's Equine Research Facility here in Gray Summit, Missouri. Today on the Horse Nutrition Podcast, presented by Purina, we take a look at the amazing relationship that Purina has with the Budweiser Clydesdales. We're also joined today by Amy Trout, who is the supervisor for the Clydesdale operation at Grant's Farm in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, like I said before, I'm Wendy Ying, and I am a practicing vet in Sarasota, Florida, and I'm also a host on the Horse Radio Network, and I'm really happy to be here with Mike Jarina, who is the manager at the Equine Research Center at Purina. Hey, Mike. Hi, Wendy. How are you today? I'm doing great. Hey, you sound like you have a really fun job. What do you do there at Purina? So we do a little bit of everything. Our research facility here is home to 80 horses at any given time, and we do a lot of different types of research projects to try and bring better products to our customers. And those can involve taste testing to growing young foals to running horses on a high-speed treadmill and anything you can imagine in between. So We've got a beautiful day today. We've got a bunch of foals running around outside because we're early spring. So we're kind of in the middle of breeding season right now, which takes up most of our time. But we are just hanging out, having a nice spring day. Oh, well, that's great. So you have 80 horses at your research farm there at Purina, but you also do some work with some of the Budweiser Clydesdales, right? Yes, we're fortunate enough to have a really great relationship with Budweiser, and we help them out with their nutrition program with the Clydesdales. And then we also go on site and help them out with any other questions they might have about management of nutrition for those guys to keep them fit, because they have several different life stages of animals that they deal with on a pretty regular basis, too. So we help them through the entire process and try and keep their horses in optimum condition for what they need to use them for. What a great resource to be able to have, not just a farm of high quality draft horses, but working draft horses to be able to do some nutritional work with. Yeah, it's awesome. As everybody knows, the Budweiser Clydesdales are probably some of the best taken care of horses in the world and their operations are truly top notch. They've got everything dialed and they're so meticulous about how they care for those horses and the programs they follow with them that it's just outstanding for us to be able to work with them and understand how our products work with their animals versus the animals we have here at the farm. At the farm, it's a very scientific environment. Everything's very controlled and the Clydesdales are more of a real world picture for us of how things work when you're out on the road and you're trucking down the road and things don't necessarily work the way you want them to. They can make do and figure out what they need to do. So it really helps us understand how our products would work in the in the real world versus working here on our on our farm where it's a totally controlled environment. We have Amy Trout joining us and she's the supervisor at the Clydesdale Stable. Welcome Amy. Oh thank you. Appreciate it. It's awesome to be here. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your farm, where it's located, and what you guys do out there? 
Okay, I'd be glad to. So I manage the Clydesdale operation at Grant's Farm right in the middle of St. Louis, Missouri. It's kind of like a little tucked away oasis. It was actually part of the Bush family estate. And the farm is pretty historic. It's actually open to the public. Gussie Bush started the Clydesdales to celebrate the repeal of Prohibition on April 7th of 1933. And Grant's Farm was his personal farm. So he decided to start breeding Clydesdales. So Clydesdales have basically been on the property there since about that time. And so today we don't breed horses there anymore, but we are a training facility for the Budweiser Clydesdales. So we're essentially the prep school for the Budweiser Clydesdales. So what that entails is us receiving the Clydesdales from our breeding operation when they're about six months of age. And then I care for them until they're about four. So that's basically three and a half years of kind of going through that awkward, growthy, kind of pimply teenage phase for these youngsters. And our goal is to teach them some manners, teach them how to stand for the farrier, the vet, basically all the social graces that they need to learn as adults. They're going to start training at Grant's Farm. And so the next step of their training is to send them on to Merrimack, New Hampshire, where they get one year of intensive driver training And that's where we introduce them to the harness and teach them how to pull the wagon. So Grant's Farm is a pretty cool operation. We get all of the retirees when they're let go from the hitch. We keep a lot of them for photo opportunities and commercials and all kinds of things like that. So we have a wide range of ages of horses at Grant's Farm. Wow, that sounds like a big job, breaking all those little, or not little, but those giant Clydesdale babies. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, they're not little. You know, when we get them at six months of age, they're already six, seven hundred pounds. So, you know, they've got to learn some manners. And it's pretty important that we get some trust built up with these horses at a young age, or it can definitely be a dangerous job. Yeah. Makes it a lot easier if we can start working with them right away. So, Mike, how do you and Purina work with Amy with the Clydesdales? So we started our relationship, I think it's been almost seven years ago now, by having the management team from Budweiser come out to one of our VIPs that we have here at the farm where we bring high-profile horse clients out, and we kind of show them what we do to come up with new products and work on the products that we have, building scientific evidence behind them to make sure they perform the way that they're intended to perform and all the different research projects we do. And they went away, I think, impressed and really wanted to partner up and get something going where they could have some management over their entire program. I know Amy might get into a little more detail here in a bit, but they've got three traveling hitches and they have horses in Merrimack, New Hampshire and driver training. And then the young ones that are with Amy trying to learn how to grow up and be horses. And then they have their breeding facility and they've got some horses at the brewery in downtown St. Louis. But their nutrition program before had kind of been left up to the individuals that managed each one of those different locations for what they've thought would work best where they were and with the needs those horses had. And they kind of wanted to centralize that and make it where it was one overarching program that worked for all the hitches on the road and also worked for all the different locations, but it was coming from one central company or however you want to look at that. So they came to us and that's, we kind of sat down and drafted a whole program where myself and Dr. Katie Young would go out to each one of the hitches and look at what the needs were for each one of those hitches and set up a nutritional program with our products with the hitches. 
And then we set up a program with Amy at Grant's Farm for those younger horses, trying to get them through those growthy stages and get them to the size they needed, muscled up and doing what they needed to do to go off to driver training at Merrimack. And then we'd also travel to Merrimack and make sure that the horses that were actually pulling and harnessing and hitching multiple times a day were getting the nutrition they needed to undergo their training, which can be actually pretty rigorous. They put them through a lot of work. So it basically involved putting our hands on every one of the horses, going through a body condition scoring system to evaluate where they were, getting body weights on them, and then we would make adjustments to their diets and kind of track them through. But it's pretty rewarding now to see horses that when we first started this program were just with Amy and they were little itty bitty guys. And now they've grown up and they're on the hitch and they're pulling the wagons and you see them in parades or you see them at the ballpark on opening day. It's kind of cool to know that you had your hands on those horses from when they were little itty bitty guys before they even knew if they would make it or not and have gone through their entire program. And we helped contribute to the nutrition to getting them there. I think these guys do all the hard work with all the training and hauling and teaching <laughs> yeah. them manners and teaching them how to pull wagons. That's that's the hard part. The easy part's feeding them, but it, it's kind of rewarding to be able to help them figure out how to get that program in place for what they need. So Amy, you've been there from the beginning working with Purina. So what's the difference you've seen over the years utilizing the Purina nutrition program? Well, you know, that's a great question. I think one of the biggest advantages for myself and for my team and our entire operation is just understanding nutrition better and realizing that it's important to be accurate with your measurements of what you're feeding. And because we have a large number of employees and you think about 10 horses traveling on the hitch, and let's say there's seven people feeding those horses, and it's important that they're all measuring the same and making sure that we're consistent with the feeding. And maybe some people have a little heavier hand and, and their scoop's a little more full than the next guy. So just trying to be consistent across the board was step one and getting everyone on the same page as far as which variety of Purina feeds we're going to be using. We had to make a couple tough decisions. And so basically where we are landed right now is the supervisors can kind of still fluctuate a little bit on the variety of Purina feed that works best for them. But in a nutshell, the majority of our hitches are feeding the Enrich Plus. Most of our horses are getting two pounds a day of that plus either Omeline 100 or Omeline 500. And then they can kind of figure out exactly what amount each horse gets. And back in the day when I first started, it was pretty much a scoop. And if you asked me 10 years ago, what is a scoop? I would have not had a good answer for you. And now mm-hmm. it's very precise. It's two pounds of this, three pounds of that. So it's definitely sort of streamlined our nutrition program and made a lot more sense And our horses actually look much, much better. They look better with leaner muscle mass and shinier coats. I would say the coats definitely are popping lots and lots of dapples. And it's amazing for some of these guys, and I think Mike could jump in on this as well. I think it's amazing how little feed goes a long way with some of these guys. These horses, let's be honest, they're not exactly plowing the back 40 every day. I mean, when they're in training, they're working pretty hard. But once they get out on the road, they may not be working as hard as you might think. So these guys can do very well on just enrich. And some of the guys that keep a good coat and good condition, they may just get the enrich plus a couple times a day and they may not get any omeline at all. So, But the biggest part about this is feeding that individual horse, not just feeding all of them the same. 
it's identifying those horses that are easy keepers and identifying those horses that need a little extra push. And so now we've gotten to a point where we can do that very well. And if we have any questions, the Prina team is really just a phone call away. So we can get them if we need them and have them come out and evaluate our horses and see what gaps we may have and what we can do better. It's amazing, Wendy. Like when we started this deal and Katie and I first went out to visit, it's just like Amy was saying, where you go to the East Coast hitch and then you go out to the West Coast hitch and they were both feeding a scoop of a certain product to the horses. Well, the East Coast hitch scoop was about two pounds and the West Coast hitch was about four pounds. So they couldn't figure out why some horses looked a little bit thicker than the other ones and some were skinny when they trade the horses back and forth. And I'd say now it's amazing that everybody, Budweiser's done a really good job of making their whole crews aware of how to just measure and make sure everything's consistent across the board. And that way, when they look at the horses and say, oh, that one's getting a little too plump, or that one's maybe a little thinner if it's working a little bit harder, we need to up the feed by a pound or a half pound or whatever it might take. And then there's some consistency to make those adjustments and get the results that they're really looking for. And that's been a huge deal for these guys, I think. I mean, it's getting to the point where these guys are so good at looking at those horses and judging when they're gaining or losing. They can do it way before we can just because they're so familiar with those animals and they work with them every single day. When we walk up, we almost have to ask the question of the Budweiser crews, like, well, what's wrong? Because they look really good to us. Right, right. Well, yeah. you know, I bet getting them to use pounds instead of just scoops and getting everybody on the same page when you're dealing with, I mean, I know like most horse owners, we worry about how much it costs to feed your horse and how much a bag of grain costs, but we're talking about a huge scale operation. So if you can make the most of the feed that you're feeding, you probably also save them quite a bit of money, made the economics work a little bit better. Yeah, it can. It just kind of depends. A lot of it is just simply recognizing how much the horse truly needs from the concentrate versus their roughage. If you can figure out that the horse is too fat because it's getting too many calories from the feed itself, the grain of the concentrate, you can back off that amount and increase the hay and usually save yourself a little bit of money. You just need to be able to recognize why they're getting too fat. Are they getting too fat from too much roughage or are they getting too fat from too much concentrate? And I think these guys know that difference and it truly is a balancing act. But Mm -hmm. once you've kind of mastered that, you can totally maximize the amount you're putting in them for the amount of money you're spending to get the results that you need. And uh, what were some of the unique problems you had dealing with these baby horses, the ones at Grant's farm that you and Amy worked together with? Well, I think early on, it was just trying to figure out what variety of prunia feed was going to work best for us and where we were going to see the most growth. And of course, with these large breeds of horses, there are some concerns about hawk problems and other things. And so we had to kind of face a lot of these things head on and roll up your sleeves and get down to it a little bit. Because in a big operation like this, we have a lot of people who've worked for the company for a long time, and they have strong opinions about things. And we wanted to make sure we were doing things the right way. And so we documented very carefully what we were feeding, how much we were feeding, and even had to bring in the vet and take some x-rays just to make sure we weren't doing something incorrectly for these guys. And so what we landed on with our young horses was going the Omeline 100 and the Enrich route, and that seems to be a great balance for our young growing horses that are out on pasture. But one of the surprising things that we learned is as those yearlings became two-year-olds and three-year-olds, we would start scoping them, and we were surprised to find that even just running around in pasture, we had some ulcer issues. 
And so one of the new things that we've introduced is the Outlast. And I uh, actually just scoped my three-year-olds today and pretty happy to say that our ulcer score is pretty much a zero at this point. So we've seen a huge reduction in the number of ulcers from using the Outlast. And that makes a big difference when you take those three-year-olds and you send them on to the next phase of training. First of all, they're still growing. Then we're asking them to work. And then if they got ulcers or they're not feeling well and they're going off feed, they're not going to perform well. They're not going to continue to grow and develop as we want them to. So that's a huge setback in our training program. So we've been able to introduce some new stuff and we're seeing some great results. One of the key things, too, is you can make a lot of recommendations and try to help people choose the right product for their horses. But if the person is going to be very closed about how they want to do things and they're not open to changing or making adjustments to try and get the best out of that product for their horse, it makes it a lot more difficult for the horse and the people. And I think that's what's so good about Bud is they'll go, okay, well, maybe that didn't work as good as we wanted it to. Let's increase this or decrease this. They're very open to making the changes and switching around to try and get the best for those horses and make those horses the best they can be. But you have to be willing to try different things because not every feed is made specifically for an individual horse. You have to have the feed kind of tailored to work for those individuals to get the most out of them. And I think that's something a lot of people don't understand. They think if they just buy it and feed it to the horse that they'll get this intended result. And you have to understand that you got to tweak it to the individual. They're just like people. I mean, you can't feed everybody the same way. So that's something that these guys are really good at doing. So Amy, on your farm, do all of the babies go off for driving training or do you pick the ones you think are going to be most likely to do it or how do they choose which ones become hitch horses? So basically we have some size requirements. When we brought Perina on board, we started doing some more accurate weighing and measuring the horse's height and kind of doing the body condition score. And just we, we just have a lot more complete records on our horses than we ever have before. And so where we're kind of going with that is if we have horses that are not reaching a certain height by a certain age, we're probably pretty sure that they're not going to make that magic 18 hand mark. And that's kind of where we want our horses to start at. So if mm-hmm. we have horses that are three years old, three and a half, and they're only 17 too, probably not likely that they're going to reach 18 hands. So then Budweiser has to decide what's going to be in the best interest of those horses. Now, I will tell you that we have several horses that are barely stand 17-2, and we keep them in the fold because they are the ones that star in our commercials. And so a lot of times when you see those, like the puppy love commercial, some of those great commercials over the years, those aren't actual hitch horses. A lot of times those are smaller horses that we keep at the farm just for commercials because you can't tell how small or tall they are on camera. So we have, we always have a use for those kinds of horses. So if we know that these horses aren't going to make the hitch, they're not tall enough, if they have the wrong markings, like if they have a black leg right off the bat, we know they're not going to make the hitch. If they have too mm-hmm. much white up on the side of their body or too high up their leg, that could disqualify them for the hitch. But an important thing to know about us is even if it's a horse that we know is not going to make the eight horse hitch, we're still going to put them through the same intensive training program, especially at Grant's Farm where they're learning their manners, 
Because if we're going to sell that horse down the road, we certainly want them to have good manners and load properly on and off the trailer. Because if you're in the market to buy a Clydesdale, we certainly want one that has a good foundation and a good start in that department. So even if they're not going to be on the eight horse hitch, because they are a reflection of our program, we're still going to put them through the paces and make sure that they are well-trained before they go to wherever their next home is going to be. We have a waiting list of police departments that love to buy Clydesdales from us because they always say how well-behaved they are and how much easier it makes their training, you know, if they buy one horse from us instead of from a farm where they haven't been handled as much. Well, also, I would think if you're buying a prospective sport horse or working horse, Not only you have this prestigious breeding program from Budweiser, but you also have Purina formulating the nutrition program for the growing young horses. So what a great start for these babies. Yeah, it's really cool. And when we do sell horses off the property, we always kind of send a bag of Prina feed with them just to keep them on the same feeding program. And and we explain why we're a big fan of Prina and, and why we use it. And we've even had some cases where we've sold horses to people and they say, hey, well, they just don't have it in our area. And, and we I've called Mike and he's reached out to the local reps and had those people reach out and, and contact the buyers just to make sure that they know that they can get those products wherever they go. And that's the great thing about Perina and our relationship is our hitches travel all over the country. And it's just like from our perspective of being a beer company, we walk into a bar, we want that Budweiser to be the same quality in California as it is in Florida or, or Maine. And and it's the same way when we go buy that Perina feed, wherever it may be in the country, we know that same quality is there. And that's one of the best things about our relationship is that Budweiser prides itself on quality and tradition, and we see that same mirror image in the Perina team. And when you're looking at quality and tradition, there's nothing better than Perina and Budweiser because they've been making horse feed as long as we've been brewing beer. So it's a great partnership. Well, at the end of every episode, we usually highlight one of the horses at the Purina farm. But today, let's talk about one of your favorite Clydesdales, Amy. Do you have a favorite? I know it's hard to choose. You know, I have lots of favorites, but one of our young, outstanding Clydesdales that is just getting lots and lots of attention is Stan the Man, and that's actually his registered name, Stan the Man, and he was named by Twitter followers for Budweiser when we had a couple of babies on the ground, and they asked consumers to help name the baby, and the real Stan Musial had recently passed away, and it was overwhelmingly that we named the male Clydesdale Stan, and so he is just a perfect colored, just beautiful Budweiser Clydesdale. He grew up at Warm Springs Ranch, and he came to Grant's Farm when he was six months of age. He went through our entire training program. But unfortunately for Stan, or maybe fortunately, if you look at the long big picture here, he would rather ride on the wagon than pull the wagon. So he just was... He just didn't really want to work all that hard. He's kind of more of a social kind of horse, and he Mm -hmm. loves meeting and greeting the guests. And good for him because he was featured in our commercial this year around the Super Bowl time, Beer Country, that was released online. And so you can see Stan and some of his friends traveling across the country. So he has basically made a name for himself in St. Louis, of course, but now across the U.S. as well. And so he's one of our famous commercial horses. And you can see him this summer at Warm Springs Ranch. That's where he's hanging out, meeting and greeting the guests. And I'm sure whenever it comes time to shoot another commercial, Stan will be front and center. 
To learn more about the products discussed in this episode and all the products offered by Purina, visit PurinaMills.com. We also have direct links to the products and a picture of our highlight horse in this episode's show notes. The Horse Nutrition Podcast is available on most podcast players. Just search for the Horse Nutrition Podcast by Purina. It is also available with the other horse podcasts at horseradionetwork.com or on the Horse Radio Network phone app. Just search for Horse Radio Network on your iOS or Android device. Until the next Horse Nutrition Podcast by Purina, enjoy the precious time you have with all your equine friends.